Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. Love must be in the air because we are kicking off a new series in 2023, the 50 Best Rom-Coms. I wanted to start this series the best way I know how by inviting one of the premier rom-com experts that I know to discuss our first movie, and she happens to be my wife. Welcome in, Whitney. Hello. Love is in the air, isn't it? It is in the air. I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, We had a technical difficulty, and so we're really trying to recreate some magic here. We really, so we lost our first recording. It was, it was magical. (laughs) It was pretty good. And so, but. We laughed, we cried. It was a beautiful rom-com. But this is just how much we care about the audience that we are (laughs) doing a second go (laughs) with this. So. Fingers crossed it'll still be as funny. Yeah. Pro- probably won't be. <laughs> well, before we jump into today's film, I-, I thought that we could set up this series a little bit. I mentioned it before, but The Ringer is a website slash podcast network that I adore. They write amazing articles about all the things that I love, movies, television, music, sports, but they also love lists. And it's hard to find a movie fan who doesn't enjoy a good list. So uh, last spring, they came out with this list of the 50 greatest rom-coms, and I love this concept. Well, when thinking about what we could cover in this new year's, I thought this would be a really fun list to tackle and debate. Uh, Movies or Life isn't becoming strictly a rom-com podcast, so don't worry about that. But uh, throughout the year, we'll still tackle new and old movies that are relevant and worth talking about. But this series will be a big chunk of the content for the year. I have pretty much aligned each movie with its own unique guest or guest. So how much do we love rom-coms? So much so that when I was thinking about how to propose to Whitney almost 15 years ago, I made my own rom-com proposal video, which consisted of various clips from the best rom-com movies, and maybe a couple of clips of Ross and Rachel from Friends. You, you could probably go and view that. Is that viewable? I don't even know. Like, can you find it on Vimeo or something, or is it on YouTube? I, I have it saved, probably on Vimeo. I was afraid to put it on YouTube because I was afraid it would get, get flagged for copyright violations. But Nathan uh, took us into our own like movie theater at Baylor's campus, and he told me that we were watching his friend, who was also in the was it film school? It wasn't film school. What's it called at Baylor? Well, communications uh, department, it, but yes. had to make a movie, which made perfect sense to me for her end of the year final and we were going to go and watch it and so i i believed that wholeheartedly um and we were in the in in the room and i still believed it at the beginning even and it's all movies that i knew clips of i was still watching it thinking i wonder how she's able to use all these clips for this movie that she made um but it's it's a really fun it's really fun to watch and you should you should go find you should post it on your website somehow yeah i should uh uh and hopefully, uh, hopefully, lawyers don't uh, come after me if I do that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, even going further back uh, uh, to my love of the genre, I, I even made a short film in college called Lovesick, which pretty much was a ripoff of all my favorite scenes from favorite rom com. So it, it's something that I, you know, it's a genre that I, I've just always had a soft place in my heart for. Uh, Whitney, why do you personally love romantic comedy so much? Um, I, I think I love romantic comedies because I can always relate to something about them, um, either a feeling or an emotion or um, the happy, the sad parts. I think that, you know, I'm not really a sci-fi person because I don't think it feels as real, like I need to be able to relate to the person. And so rom-coms are very relatable. 
Um, usually somebody's doing something stupid, somebody's being chased, or somebody is the chaser. Um, and so I think you can always find a person that you are in the movie. I was probably normally the best friend, let's be honest. So. <laughs> I, I don't I probably I probably was as well. It's probably a miracle. We were, <laughs> probably a miracle we became the main stars. I, I just had an idea for a great film. It's the best friends of the leads in a romantic comedy who the end switcheroo. Up yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so by going through this list, uh, we're basically going to see if this film is worthy of the throne. Uh, we'll discuss each film, what we uh, may like or dislike about the film. And how it lives up to the rom-com tropes that we have come to love and expect. At the end of each discussion, I have created a rating system for each film that will help us determine if each film is worthy of its ranking. Sound fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, okay, so the first film that we're going to talk about is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's number 43 on the list. I, uh, that just really upsets me. It needs to be higher. <laughs> well, I mean, after re I mean, after rewatching it, it has just got a it just makes me smile ear to ear. <laughs> well, and, and that's why this uh, incorporating this ranking system. I think that's why it'll help to see if maybe it should be higher than number forty three. I, I thought this one was a good one to start with because one, I know that it's a favorite in our house. Uh, Hallie, our twelve year old, she's already declared it as her favorite movie. <laughs> um, and not every film on the ringers list uh, necessarily plays into the tropes that we come to expect. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of movies on the list such as Bull Durham or even the 40 year old virgin that I don't necessarily associate with a rom-com, but when you think about it, I'm like, Oh, okay. So we'll kind of see how this plays out in the ranking. Uh, but with how to lose a guy in 10 days, I, I thought for sure, I mean, it's just a movie, when you think of it, it, it would be in the rom-com section. You could go straight there. There would probably be more than one copy of it if, if shelves uh, for movies did exist still. <laughs> I guess they do in libraries. <laughs> like you go to Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit, uh, a little background on the movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was released in 2003 and directed by Donald Petrie. So... Uh, does that name, uh, is that familiar to you at all? No, never <laughs> no. heard of it. So I, it wasn't to me either, but as I started diving into his IMDb, listen to these other movies that he directed. Miss Congeniality. Oh, love it. Grumpy Old Men. Got it, yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't. I mean, I didn't say love it, but I do really like it. I remember liking it. Yeah, I liked it. We probably re- we probably would relate to it a little bit better now. <laughs> now than when, in, <laughs> than yeah, when we were when it kids. Came out. Yeah, and uh, a favorite of yours, uh, Mystic Pizza. Oh, I love Mystic Pizza. That what a strange list of movies. It is, yeah, yeah. But he also, huh, he, I like it. Maybe he's my favorite director. And he, I didn't he even might know be. it. Uh, I've learned he's, he's directed several episodes of the Kaminsky Method on Netflix oh. with uh, Kirk Douglas. Uh, that show that we enjoyed. He is my favorite director. But, but, Donald but, Petrie. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, you're yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> also, kind of skews maybe towards a little. We're a little older than our actual ages, I think. Sometimes, so, <laughs> but. Um, so this film starts stars Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. It's based on a picture book of the same name by Michelle Alexander and Jeannie Long. The book has no narrative, only a list of comedic dating quote-unquote don'ts. So the characters and plot were created specifically for this film. Uh, in this film, advertising executive Benjamin Barry, played by McConaughey, makes a bet that he can make any woman fall in love with him, while women's magazine writer Andy Anderson 
played by Kate Hudson, plans to write an article about how she led her boyfriend to dump her, putting them at a crossroads after they choose each other as their romantic partners. So, Whitney, I'll give you the floor. Uh, why do you like this movie so much? I mean, it's just a great plot. You can't, it can't get much better than that, right? You've got... You just got somebody on one side that's trying to do the opposite of the other. So it's like a perfect um, back and forth that's going to happen the whole time. But I think what I really do like about it is um, those are types of things that we always know um, that those are that are dating faux pas. Like everything in there is something that somebody has done accidentally before or done or seen people do and you cringe and make that face like, please don't do that. Um, and then with the guy, usually like they would just run away, but he's like constantly trying to stay. And so I just, I like the, um, the whole time was just funny and rewatching it with our girls. They just like cackled at certain parts. And I, I think that that's the, the nice part about it is sometimes a romantic comedy has something that's funny, like once, and you see it on the trailer. And this one has uh, funny scenes all the way through that you're like remembering like, Oh my gosh, remember they did that. Whatever it may be. Yeah. Does the plot itself, I mean, I think in a lot a lot of movies, and movies in general, and it's probably the reason we like movies, is that, you know, it's in a world that we uh, don't normally, that we're not normally a part of. Uh, this this plot in this movie, I found, I find pretty unrealistic. Does that part of it bother you at all? Um, no, I... It, it doesn't, except I will say that I always thought it was pretty unrealistic. Like, I mean, it is. It's a movie. But until rewatching it, I thought they did a good job in that they're both in agencies and work for companies that would relate and go together. And so it wasn't like just some random dude. Like, those two ladies that work with Matthew McConaughey are, or Benjamin Barry or whatever his name is, that work with Matthew McConaughey, they overheard that she had to do that. So they set him up. And I always think that that helps the story because it wasn't just two random people that bumped into each other on the street. Like he got, they got conned into that. Like they knew he was trying to, they just wanted to mess him up. And, and she, you know, just that happened to be overheard about her article. So I think it always kind of helped the story a little bit. Yeah. I, and thinking about it too, I, I, I do, I do like the concept of this movie because it's it's two people who have love, you know, falling for somebody is actually the last objective in their lives. Like they're very professional, goal oriented type like of people. Like solely doing it for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes it makes it fun that they are kind of play, you know, toying with each other, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and I, I joined that. Uh, a big part of these. Um, about this genre is the the jobs that the uh, that they possess. Uh, did you ever want to be a magazine writer at uh, all? No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> I'm actually a really great writer. If you'd like me to write something for you, I was I, it, like enjoyed English. I was a um, religion major at Baylor, so I, all I did was write papers. Um, but I do not want to write. It is not something I'm like. It's not an out creative outlet that I crave. Yeah, it's very much. Uh, and the setting of this movie has a lot. You know, being set in New York City, it you know, New York City always has a lure, and there's something about the magazine writer in New York that seems just like. Did the you per- want to do it? Um, I, 
I, I write movie review. I, I think. So yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Now I could, I could see her stroke. I, I never would want to write uh, anything as serious as she wanted to write. Uh, but, uh, uh, I, I like the concept. I've always been intrigued by magazines. You didn't want to be a how-to boy? Like she's a how-to girl? <laughs> I, I don't how to mow the yard. What would a guy's how-to be? How to mow the yard? How, how to change how, the oil? Well, a classic of like how to get, you know, uh, six-pack abs and... I don't know if 10 yeah. days is yeah. realistic or not. How to do six-minute abs instead of seven-minute abs. But I can't pull that off. They look at me, take one look at me and be like, uh, why are you writing this article? It's the joy of a magazine. They can't see you. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of like a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Uh, what about ad exec? That that ever no. appealed to you? Mm-mm. No. No. <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, to be honest, I, I can instantly tell you why. Why? So on, fr- <laughs> on Friends... When Chandler decides he's going to go back and be an ad exec, and he like sits in there and tries to come up with ideas, and he's like, "There are wills for your shoes," and he can't come up with anything to like be funny, and it's just like all of his stuff was terrible. I felt like it would just stress me out. Yeah, because he thinks he's funny. I think I'm funny. I feel like it wouldn't translate. It <laughs> wouldn't be funny. I, I mean, it, I'm in the marketing world, so... Uh, so you, you know. wanted to do both of these jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. And so uh, with this podcast, you know, I'm just f- filling in the gaps that I don't get in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, what um, I think what works really well in this movie is the uh, chemistry between McConaughey and Hudson. I, I was really impressed uh, with certain scenes just especially at the beginning where they're flirting with each other and just using like one little words back and forth. And um, there's even this scene in the movie theater after he's been hit and they're lying on the floor. She's kind of like consoling him, so to speak. But uh, there's just some things that kind of jump off screen that I don't think like in the written word, but necessarily, I just thought they, they maybe elevated the material a little bit more than uh, what yeah. it's worth. I, I definitely think they have chemistry, but I also think that, those two individuals have chemistry with the camera or with the audience. Like, and I don't know, I can't decide if it's that they have chemistry together or that they're both just so good at like McConaughey is just built for smiling at the camera and the audience swooning and falling in love. And same with Kate Hudson, you really can buy her. um, If she's going to be the, the good girl or even the little bit wilder, like she was definitely somebody that guys would want to be with because she wasn't that, um, like her, the best friend that's always trying to lose the guy. She really wasn't that person. And so you fell in love with her. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they're perfect together. And I think that, um, I do think you, you said 2003. Yes. Um, I'd be curious, like when McConaughey, like kind of took his like dark turn where he looked a little bit more greasy. I mean, cause definitely in this movie, he is like the epitome of a rom-com. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, as you were talking, I, I just was kind of thinking about it a little bit. Um, I, I think there's like, is certain movies that you see and especially, uh, it's not completely unfair to say that the rom-com genre appeals to a certain like group of people or whatever. And so sometimes the romantic leads, especially if it's something the main character is pining over, uh, I'm thinking like, uh, even though I never saw it, but like when Twilight came out and there was Robert Pattinson and like guys would be like, why are girls like going crazy over that guy? I think what kind not of, me, <laughs> <laughs> but I think what works in this movie in a way is that, 
uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Kate Hudson very much seems like a girl that all girls would want to be. And guy guys would always kind of Matthew McConaughey is like someone they kind of would like to be too. I, I think, think that the people that watch rom-coms, yes. I don't know if every person, I mean, there's a lot of people right now that I even know listening to here that'd be like, I don't want to be Kate Hudson. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But know. there's something we should be talking about. They, you know, regardless if they were yeah. in this movie or whatever, if they walked into a room, you know, you would be like drawn to them. They have yeah. a, they a have magnetic. A yeah. 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 I, I think personally it's the East Texan charm of Matthew McConaughey because, you know, we, we're, we're from the same neck of the woods. So what do speak. you mean? <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is uh, famously went to my high school. Shut up. Shut up. Whitney's never heard this before. <laughs> Did you, were you like best friends with Matthew McConaughey? Uh, I wasn't. I invited him to my 16th birthday party. He did not come. Oh, but, I'm yeah, sorry. He, yeah, he, I think he was. He might have been busy like <laughs> prepping for this movie. I don't what, know. What? So. How much older is he than you? Oh, you don't know. I mean, uh, do you remember when he with was with our in producer? Yeah. Uh, no, he's he's quite a bit older. Oh, don't okay. you think he's like 48 or uh, yeah, 50? probably so old, like 48? Let's, let's just ask our watcher, Siri. How old is Matthew McConaughey? Oh, he's he's fifty three. I thought my watch would say it out oh, loud. Oh, he's way older. But you remember? I mean, teach did teachers have him and that sort of thing that you went to school with? Or yeah, he was famously you know he he was known for being there, being from there and stuff like that. And yeah. so uh, even remember a time he came onto campus and uh, just stopped. <laughs> Every teacher couldn't even perform their uh, normal duties that day because they knew a star. They t- completely forgot us kids. Like, they were like, it, it was a wasted day of education <laughs> in Long Beach High School. Did the kids care or just the teachers? Uh, 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 the girls certainly did, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just kind of, kind of a, a funny tidbit there. Uh, are the, Is there anything in this uh, movie, like, uh, I- iconic uh prop or um what's something like what's like besides the characters themselves what's something that's really memorable to you in this movie um well you're probably wanting me to say the love fern so i will give love fern a number one as a prop like it's it's probably the main prop i i think that i reference that like always even even before we rewatched it this week or you know, I, we were at, we were at, where were we? Home Depot. And there was a uh, fern that kind of looked like that size. And I kind of grabbed it and I was like, can we get this? It can be our love fern. <laughs> and so I think that's just like, just an iconic one from the movie for sure. He even grabs it at the end of the movie to run and go find her to make sure that they have the love fern. But um, some of my favorite props are those, the towels and the doilies. I don't <laughs> know why those make me laugh so much. I guess because in New York, there's not, any single woman that would really that is as cool as Andy is, Kate Hudson, would have those towels and doilies. Like she purposely just was really trying to get him with those. Um, and the fact that he even believed it at that point that she really would bring those towels and lace covered um, things over that I don't I don't remember if they said his and hers, but whatever <laughs> they were, they were pretty awful. Um, I love those. Um, but there's all sorts of there's all sorts of funny like memorable. I love his plaid shirt and the way that they're the plaid family with that horrible horrible dog, <laughs> um, and and I think that as being from the south, that plaid shirt, I, I, I that's probably one of the faux pas we made is that I'm sure I've made you um, match me 
in multiple pictures at least, maybe not on day three of dating, but I'm pretty sure if you had a plaid shirt, I might have a shirt that matched, maybe not also plaid. Well, well, on my end, I think that's definitely when you start dating somebody and you're starting to think about like how serious this is and the matching outfit for a photo session or maybe like a friend at that time you a wedding you're gonna go to a wedding you're like i'm wearing a blue dress you need a blue tie yeah that's definitely mentally where you know Mm -hmm. uh, i was like okay we we've we've stepped up a notch in the (laughs) the relationship meter yeah Yeah. Uh, another thing oh you were talking about the decorations i laughed when we were watching this with hallie and uh it's at uh ben's parents house but they had the uh the toilet seat that had the little yeah the fur cover on it <laughs> yeah Ali was like why would somebody put that on there and yeah. I, I distinctly remember my grandmother having yeah. that so yeah. and I remember one time you were talking to me about just I mean she she graces it on the on the cover uh, Kate Hudson but you talked about just how iconic her dress was like in the moment of when uh, this movie came out. The sure, yellow the dress. yellow, the yeah. yellow dress with her yellow hair. I don't know if too many people that can pull that off. Um, it really fit the diamond that she wears, obviously at the end of the movie. But um, I, I don't think anybody besides Kate Hudson in that movie could probably pull off that yellow dress. But yeah, yeah. I couldn't with my fair skin. <laughs> and I have blonde hair. And you have blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any? Uh, Favorite quotes from this movie or... Oh, I have so many. Um, I was going to call you Nady Nate Nate, but I, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't even pull it off because I'm sitting here too clo- close to you in this studio. Um, Benny Boo 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 Bear. I love that one. I love... She calls him all sorts of names like Benny, Bennykins and Benny Winnie. Um, and I just think of a guy just like cringing every time that she would use his name in that like <laughs> terrible way. I just... I think that's really funny. Um I have more like classic scenes, I think, than classic lines. Do you have a line that you love? Yeah, I, I, I never. Uh, I've seen this a couple of times now, but I, I think the way that McConaughey delivers the BS line is just classic, just bullshit. Yeah, and especially how it plays. You know, it, it a funny word that makes it like ties them together. But you know, the card game that the family's playing together, and then. Uh, so they never really explain now that I'm talking, uh, how he has this like Texas accent and his family is apparently from Staten Island. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. all right. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, let, uh, you mentioned it, uh, scenes, uh, uh, what's, uh, one of your favorite scenes from this movie? Oh, I, I think all of them are funny. Um, probably now that I have children, the Coke scene at the NBA game is one of my favorites. And that's one of the very, very first things that they do is go on the date to the NBA game. Um, and they it's like the last two minutes and she's dying of thirst. And she comes back and just acts like it's the wrong soda and needs another one. Um, and he has to run and go get it. And just watching the turmoil on his face, like when my kids have to go to the bathroom at the end of the game. And they are my children. I love them dearly. Um, but you're just like, please, are you kidding me? Um, and so for a date that's a grown adult, I'd be like, no, we're done. Like, I'd be like, you're finished. <laughs> and and she just knows it. She, the yeah. minute he leaves, she's high-fiving everybody. And again, that goes back to why I love it so much is because she knows every time. Where that other best friend is always like, why was that wrong? I just wanted to see how much they loved me. And you're like, you just want to 
punch the friend, you know. <laughs> but um, I love that scene. But my, I'm probably taking all of yours. I'm sorry. But my favorite like thing that I think really got me back then was the photo booth, the photo album of when she comes in and brings what their children would look like. Because I was it, 2003 means it was the end of um, uh, college for me. And all my friends were either dating somebody they were going to marry or starting, and not me. I wasn't dating uh, you yet. I wasn't ready to get married for, like, four or five more years. And so, but that's what people did. We didn't have Snapchat to, like, filter our faces together. That was not existence. But they did have these apps where you could put your face with somebody else, and that was, like, who you were going to marry. And they always looked that horrible. As horrible as her, those children in that book look, they're like... Um, just almost look alien-esque, like just terrible looking children. Um, and I think I like cry laughed every time I saw that part because it's so funny. Uh, but rewatching it, our youngest Hayden, um, and I guess to give a parent guide, I don't know if necessarily you want your kids. We think most of it goes over their head and we watch it with them. So you do you and if you want to let your kids watch it. But we were watching it and on that part, Hayden just like cackled when she saw them in these like yodeling outfits and what were they dressed as like little um it was like like, it was like a scene from sound sound of music music, and their kids faces were on there and and uh she just like laughed out loud so i love that scene what was your favorite well uh, the one you mentioned the new york knicks game i mean just as a sports fan uh, that i think that scene's hilarious i mean (laughs) (laughs) that's a killer, but I've become a little numb to that now. Like, as you mentioned with our kids, uh, you know, having to go to the bathroom (laughs) in the middle of a game or the good thing about being at home now, at least you can pause it. If it, you know, it's, uh, I also love, uh, the guys night poker scene, uh, that Andy invades. I think, uh, that whole series of events that happens there is hilarious. Uh, when she rips that pizza out and puts in the cucumber sandwich, <laughs> like she, you know, she hates nobody likes a cucumber sandwich. Gross. Yeah, uh, and uh, like how she tells him to put a, the cigar, and he does. But how he looks at all his other buddies, and they all reluctantly do it too. And <laughs> the way she like waves at her nose, like you know, uh, and then even just how that you know they. She thinks they break up, like just everything that happens uh, after that is really good. And as far as just like a kind of heartwarming scene, I do love that scene where she goes, uh, sees, meets his family uh, for the first time. And uh, uh, I just, because, I mean, that's really like, uh, it's a pivotal moment it, for, as I kind of joked about earlier, how unrealistic this movie is, uh, how that is actually like, I think uh, when you meet the family is a big uh, momentum in somebody's relationship of whether they want to stay with that person or not, you know, so. I, and I love that scene too. I, I will say that I, I always think that's a funny, either they edited it weird and left it out just for time's sake or whatever, but the, the quote unquote therapist, who's the friend, it tells them that they should go and meet his parents and spend the weekend with the parents. And so it was like a perfect way for Andy to like really mess with him. And we don't quite see where it turns around, but she never messes with him once they get home. I mean, like she plays with his parents. She's a great, you know, like girl girlfriend meeting the parents. She comes into the house. She plays the game. She rides on his motorcycle. They have a sexy shower scene. She's like the epitome of an amazing person at, at that event. And so... I realize that we're supposed to realize she falls in love with his family and can't hurt them and that sort of thing. But 
I always thought that was kind of a strange, like, they didn't tell us why, like, she never messed with them. Maybe they should have had her mess with them just a little bit. Yeah. But um, anyway, that was the only, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's winning a Grammy. Uh, not a Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. An Oscar. We've already done this once. <laughs> um, I, I do always think that was kind of a, like, what, you just... All of a sudden, it's perfection now. Yeah, so. well, it almost uh, it almost would confuse uh, Ben a little bit more. I think almost because like he always talked about like where's the sexy Andy, and then you know now this is a crazy one. It's actually a, a third component of Andy. So he, yeah. he, on his perspective, he might have been even more confused after maybe. everything. Yeah, maybe. So, um, but I did think it was sweet. I mean, she obviously. We always wonder, like, maybe she had a bad home life or something they didn't go into because she definitely loved his family. Yeah. I thought that was sweet. Uh, what do you think about the scene, uh, like, basically the big diamond party where she wears the yellow dress, this big gala or whatever? And I always, I, I I still can't decide if it works or not. The whole scene where they jump on stage and she starts singing You're So Vain and they get, I mean, it's meant to be awkward. It's completely awkward, but there's just something to me that's a little off on that scene. Do you like that scene? Or um, I do because she was just finally ticked. But I think why I like the scene is because it's such the epitome of those diamond dealers in the perfume commercials. Like, yeah. It just looks apart to me, and that old lady, I mean, she's playing herself, I think, the, the, the diamond lady. Right, right, right. But she's just like... She's just the epitome of that, and so it seems schmarmy like that. I, I, it is awkward, and it's supposed to be awkward, but I, so it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but it bothers you. <laughs> I, it just, it, it almost, I, I kind of feel like the, uh, the writing kind of put them all in this room, and they didn't quite know how to get them out of there. Mm. Does that make sense? But uh, anyway, I just can't imagine no matter how much you've had to drink or how much you were mad at this person that they would like get on stage in front of all their peers and start once they've this. fallen in love, they weren't. It wasn't. They weren't just mad for jobs anymore. Yeah, yeah. They were they were hurt in a different manner. Yeah, love, you had to be. Love makes you know. Love do makes crazy you do things. crazy things. <laughs> movie musings. Okay, uh, that takes us into our movie musings segment. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, in this movie, they. They discuss that all is fair in love and war. Whitney, do you believe all is fair in love and war? No, um, I do not. <laughs> Except I just did say that love makes you do crazy things, so maybe <laughs> I'm counteracting that answer. But uh, when I hear that, you, you probably meant this just to be funny, but when I hear all is fair in love and war, I think it excuses um, ab- abuse in some way. And so it really takes me down like a dark alley, which is not for the rom-com of this topic. Yeah. But I really don't think that all is fair in love and war. I have to, like, I know they were just getting at the point for the movie, like, that she could she could trick him and he could trick her, and that's why they said that. But, so in that regard, I wouldn't have been mad or held that over their head. I would have thought it was funny. But I, like, if somebody were to cheat or to abuse, I'd be gone. Like, sorry, Nathan, I'd be out. <laughs> um, and so I just, I, I don't think so. <laughs> um, Do you? Well, I, uh, not now, not after. <laughs> not after that <laughs> not answer? Not after hearing your answer. <laughs> maybe I should make you go first. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> hey, I'm the one who's asking the question. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. Um, ha- have you ever uh, self-sabotaged a date before? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have. 
Um, without using names, without incriminating yourself too much. I mean, just I had some dates that were terrible. I did date this guy that, I mean, he was weird. He just showed up at my door. I should never have gone out with him. I met him somewhere. He just showed you showed up at <laughs> well, your door? <laughs> I met him somewhere out, and I, like, I'm sure he was wearing a hat at the time. I don't know. But he came over to the house, and he was no longer wearing a hat. And he had on, he had like a... Um, I guess he rode motorcycles, which I did not know, and I will not ride a motorcycle. But he had on a bandana that he wears all the time. He wasn't wearing it when he showed up at the door, but he had a suntan line that was literally like white, pale as could be on the top of his head, forehead, and then the rest was tan as if it wasn't like a golfer's tan. It (laughs) didn't have a great look. It was because of riding a motorcycle in this bandana. And I was like, well, um... I guess I'll drive because I wasn't going to ride on the motorcycle. <laughs> and then from that point forward, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if, if famously in this movie, I mean, it plays a big part in this movie. Ben drives a motorcycle. Yeah. So if he's, if, uh, let's, let's pretend Nathan never existed in your life. I know that's really hard. But uh, <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you uh, saw Ben in the motorcycle, it's Matthew if McConaughey. If Matthew McConaughey asked me to get on a motorcycle with him, I'd probably ride on it. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Good to know you're human at some level. <laughs> um, but the guy that showed up at my door? No. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. <laughs> oh, somehow McConaughey's hair always looked perfect after he put that helmet off, took that helmet off and on, too. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So, do you do you self have you ever self sabotaged a date? You didn't uh, answer. Uh, no, I, I was probably. Uh, I don't think I was ever in any power position as these two characters are in this movie. <laughs> I, I do remember a date not going great and like trying to end it, and it just wasn't happening. And I really struggled with trying to find out how to not be rude about it. And even I knew like I. I was a nice enough guy that I didn't ever want to go somebody or lead somebody on. But like usually after like a date that you think's going good, you say something like, oh, we should do this again or whatever. And I just remember really struggling. I don't think I ever offered anything, anything like that up. <laughs> well, when, when you and I went on our first date, oh yeah, we had talked so, Nathan and I talked so much at the time over Facebook. Um messenger and then we talked on the phone a little bit we lived in like about an hour away and yeah. so it was it, you'd have to plan a date um and so we had planned a date for dinner and my dad was coming in town and i was supposed to pick him up at the airport at seven and so i did not want to cancel because it had been a while so i just said could i pick you up he act my dad was actually coming in earlier so then that and so i said can we do lunch instead and so we you know, Nathan was working. He had to, so we had to do a quick lunch, and it ended up being a, just a random local restaurant right there. And so we had to go and and meet for a very fast lunch. And so it was kind of awkward to begin with. But when we showed up, it just felt weird because we had known all like we had talked so much. We didn't have the normal questions to cover. Like you even knew what I was doing that day. You knew my dad was coming in town. You knew everything. So we sat there. We didn't know what to talk about, and we didn't have like time to do it. And anyway, I ordered like a club sandwich. And Nathan just said, I'll also have a club sandwich. And I was like, I am done. I, are you kidding? You're ordering the same thing as me? And so I left and my friend was like, uh, you have to go back out with him. Like, because I was like, nope. Mm-mm. She was like, no, are you kidding? You guys talked forever. And so, um, like, I think that's one reason I love this movie is because that 
you don't let the stupid things like send you away. Cause I think sometimes even if two people would be perfect together, you're looking for things to sabotage right at the beginning, you know? And I think that not to get like sappy, but I, that's one thing I love about the movie is that there's a million times he should have left and not stayed. And she was trying her darndest to get him to leave and he would not leave. And I think that sometimes if we would fight that hard for things that it would, we'd make it a little bit longer. If you're that vulnerable, you'd, You'd have a, even if it's a friend or a relationship or whatever, I think that that's one reason I really like the movie is because they just like persevered through that movie. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, another funny thing I like to tell about that date is that uh, in the middle of it, you had this keychain and it was a new logo, a marketing promotional material for who you worked with at the time. And, and, and I helped write the slogan for the marketing material. Yeah, yeah. And Nathan is in marketing. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, I was like, oh, that's that's a cool little keychain. And you told me all about it. And you said, hey, here, have it. I was like, oh, awesome, sweet. So we're, after we, we've eaten lunch and we're walking out and mentally I went, Crap! I left that keychain at the table, but then I was like, I, "It seemed it'll seem desperate that I, if I go back in to get this keychain, it'll be like, oh my gosh, I left a piece of her in the restaurant or something." But then, like, also, I'm like, "Did she notice that I left the keychain?" <laughs> it was a really like C minus first date, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. We decided to repeat our real first date on like an actual Friday where yeah. we like he came and like took me out. Yeah. And it was really good. But yeah, other yeah. than that, yeah. it was fine. And but that fa- first date, we, it was not so good. And we famously joke about now, like, why so many people go to Chili's all the time? Is there yeah. a choice of restaurant? <laughs> yeah, and bad. I chose that as our first date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even admit that a minute ago. I was letting you sound cooler than that. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I'm beyond trying to hide how cool I am uh, these days. But <laughs> um, before we go into these uh, this ranking system, is there anything else you would like to add about this movie? Uh, Anything like that? I don't think so. Okay, great. Do you have any other things to add about the movie? Uh, no, I think we'll talk about it a little bit okay. going into this. So there's five different categories in these rom-com rankings, and so we're going to hit each one. Now so, remember here, we're trying to move it up from 43. we got to move that sucker up. That's what you're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do, yes. I, I, I'm not I'm not thinking. I'm, I'm looking at the movie. I'm rating it how I just feel in the I moment. I know, I'm you're not thinking, such a good person. I, I'm not thinking about all the other movies. I'm, so. You're such a good person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I thought that a good like first category. Five. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Carry on. Okay, romantic chemistry. So uh, wh- how do, where would you rank for one being the lowest, five being the highest? I don't know if it's corny to say one heart or five hearts but uh that's corny yeah that's corny okay so how how would you rank the chemistry between uh hudson and mcconaughey i think i'd give him a four a four yeah yeah i i i actually lean towards five uh oh look at me see what i did reverse psychology i pulled him on up to a five yeah no uh i just think uh uh i don't did they do another movie together i don't think they did Oh, wait, they yeah, did. They were in other movies together. There was one that they did that tanked. I can't think of the name of it. So maybe it was good, this one. I think this one pinned them both in roles that they would actually be as those professional like people. Um, and so I think that that was the helpful. I think that that helped them shine in this movie is that the, those are both roles that they would actually be. So Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, they were in a movie. Did you ever see? I didn't see this one. Fool's Gold. 
Did you oh, see yeah. that one? Oh yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. It, it's not as good as this one. Oh man, what meta? What score the, did the it meta give? score is twenty nine. Oh yeah, yeah. Bad. IMDb is five point seven. So let's watch it <laughs> as a follow up. Mm-hmm. So well, it's because Donald Petrie didn't direct it. I yeah, think. Donald Petrie's the real. <laughs> let's give him five stars. Five stars for the directing. <laughs> um, I, I think a big component of uh, a romantic comedy. Is the best friend component. So this is the uh, the second category. So uh, there's Michelle and Jeannie uh, who play uh, Andy's best friends, and Tony and Thayer who play Ben's best friends. How how, how do you think they rank on the best friend scale? Um. So uh, on that scale, I I mean I can think of more iconic best friends. So I'm not going to say that they're like the best of the best. But I really like them in that they are, they're not like, I think why it's hard to rank them is like in the traditional sense is they're not necessarily their best friends. These are their coworkers. And again, they're trying to get the job or get the article or get the ad agent, you know, like the guys are in on it because they want to win the, the um, to be the lead on the agency or, or case or whatever it is. What is it called? Like the campaign. The campaign. Um, but so I think that that like adds a component that I think is kind of interesting and different that they're all kind of in on it. Um, but I don't think of them would be like their actual best friend in real life. So, yeah. Uh, but I do think they play that role of either the whiny best friend or the, the um, you know, that, that sort of role. So uh, I don't, uh, four. Four? Yeah. <laughs> so you're messing. You're, you're, 3.5. 3.5. <laughs> uh, I, I would agree. Um, I'd probably go, I'd go 3.5. I, I really like uh, the actress who plays Jeannie, Annie, Annie Paris. Maybe that's how you say it. Is that the like one uh, that's bad with boyfriends? Uh, no, uh, Michelle is Catherine Hahn's character. Oh, yeah. And I think she's real memorable. Jeannie, I, I think is completely forgettable. That's who I think is forgettable. I, yeah. That's why I said that is like. She, she's nobody wants to be her best yeah. friend. Yeah, uh, Tony and Thayer are definitely like, oh, those guys. Like, uh, you know, Adam Goldberg, who's done lots of both comedic dramatic work, but a lot more dramatic work, like in Saving Private Ryan. Uh, but he, uh, I knew Whitney would know him from Friends when he was Joey's like insane yeah. roommate. Uh, That's why then, I can't like him. And then Thomas Lennon, he's been in so many things. He's always really solid. So anyway, uh, but I'm a big fan of Catherine Hahn. This is definitely in her early days, but I, I think they bring some stellar work in. Uh, so th- you say 3.5. I'll go five. Three, I'll go five. What? You no, I'm just kidding. 3.5. <laughs> You're really messing with me right now. <laughs> um, they're, they're not the best friends in the movie, but we did laugh about the uh, two females who work at the ad agency with Ben who are like, know about this whole thing. They're the ones who like mm-hmm. hone in. I think they're horrible in the, the movie. They just yeah, like, they, never, yeah. they slink around. They're always peering around corners, yeah. like completely forgettable. But anyway, um, I, I think a component of a good romantic comedy is the soundtrack. So this is the other oh, category. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I thought it was fun because, you know, nowadays... Every, this is the best. Everything's streaming, single-based. Um, I mean, only there's only certain artists that can release an album and people listen to the album, like Taylor Swift or something like that. And so obviously, you don't hear as much about soundtracks, soundtrack albums, uh, like you do, you know, like you did back then. I mean, that was a big... 
big thing. And so uh, part of the fun of watching this movie, if you ever get the experience of watching this movie with Whitney, you'll just enjoy her singing along to the songs in this movie. <laughs> depending, on, depending on who you are, I probably wouldn't <laughs> sing out loud. <laughs> Let's be Would honest. You? I don't know. Um, so I, I don't know what, I think I was also playing on my phone. Like, because we had rewatched it once and then we rewatched it again because our 12 year old is 12 and likes to rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. And so I did rewatch once, you know, here we are. But I think that the, the thing I love about it is I was just over there just belting it. And I think you're right. It's because I had the CD and I played in my car on repeat. And so every song, even if it was not the known song, like, feels like home to me literally I just started singing it and it just brought back a flood of memories one being like I was a Tridel at Baylor and it just reminded me of Rush so much like you're just swaying back and forth and saying it feels like home to me I mean there's nothing there's nothing more Rush like in my life than that um and just all of the songs just brought back so many things and I and I loved every part of the way that the soundtrack went. And so I would definitely go right now to Spotify and plug it in and and have it play for you if you love the movie in the first place. So I give that one a five. A five. Pretty, that's pretty strong. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I really did the research with this, and I, I listened to the soundtrack. I thought it was a very solid soundtrack. I was really surprised. It does a really good job of... Uh, kind of spanning the the decade, so to speak. Uh, a couple of songs that are on the soundtrack: uh, "Follow You Down" by Jim Blossoms, uh, "Somebody Like You" by Keith Urban, "Let's Stay Together" by Al Green. I mean, classic. Uh, "Kiss Me," Sixpence None the Richer. "Kiss Me" was probably on every soundtrack. <laughs> In the 90s. Um, and, and then, of course, which plays very much into the plot of this movie is You're So Vain uh, by Carly Simon, uh, the tune that the two belt at each yeah. other. And so listening through the soundtrack, there's occasionally a song here, here and there. Like, it was like, who's that artist? Whatever. But I was, I was delightfully surprised. I, 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 would give it th- I would give it three and a half. I think my score so high just goes back to because it was a full CD, and they're not going to do that now. So I think new movies are going to be at a disadvantage. Yeah, I, I think I think the way it goes now, like they almost lean on it more on a social media marketing wise. So some like mm-hmm. Stranger Things, they probably have like people like oh listening to the song and making a playlist of those songs. So I think they're they kind of almost like users like yeah. build that momentum versus them just coming out with a straight soundtrack these days. Right, kind of. Uh, Helps with that. Okay, uh, uh, the fourth category, uh, the chase scene or the declaration of love? Um, I really love the article at the end, and I want to know more. I wish they would have, like, said more about it. Like, they kind of start, they show you the little blurbs, I'd like to stop and read it. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll stop and read it next time. <laughs> but I think if it had been like a voiceover, I would have really loved to hear that while he was chasing her because I just wanted to hear what she said and how she wrote the article. Um, but maybe it just left me wanting more. I don't know. Um, I think it was a good chase scene. I it, In the movie where in the um, movie that Nathan made for me to propose, they he compiles all the main parts of rom-coms and so... Um, the declaration and then the chase scene is definitely in there. And so it was one of the chase scenes that was in there. And so I like it. I think it's good. It, um, you know, all good chase scenes have a little bit of stress. It stresses me that they stop on that major road. You're right there in New York City. Like that really bothers me. Um, but I think that 
I think that all of that is a is a fun scene. I like that he goes back to the office and like um, realizes that the doctor was or that therapist was the friend. So I think that um, it would have been fun for me if they could have laughed a little bit more about the terrible things she did to him. I would have liked them to revisit that. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with the chase scene, but I would have liked that too. So uh, why don't you rank it first? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, to me, I, this one's all right. It's not like completely. I, I gave it, uh, I gave it two and a half. I, I think it's average. Um, once again, now it does. Play, I'll give it a three. I mean, he does have a motorcycle. Like you know, they they cleverly use that throughout the movie. To you know, yeah. this is something he could actually do, weave in and out of traffic and uh, that sort of thing. It's cute that he grabs the love fern. Uh, you know, before he sees her. Yeah, and stuff you're like maybe that. gonna make it go up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I just so you know, I, I think as we go through this list, I think there's going to be uh, greater scenes that probably stick out a little bit more. I think when people think about this movie, they don't think about right, the, end, the ending of I agree. it. Yeah. Um, okay, and I think this is uh, a big, this last category, I mean, I think this completely defines what makes a, not any movie so great, but especially romantic comedies, is the re- rewatchability uh, of this movie. So do you want me to go first? So I'm not always, uh, what I rate the rewatchability of this movie? No, because I have rewatched it a lot lately, and I would give that one a five. I gave the last part a three. I will give this part a five. Okay. I, I also give it a five, yes! actually. Yeah. Even though... And that's this... why we're married, my <laughs> Benny, Benny, Boo, Boo, Bear. Uh, <laughs> you know, even though this isn't, you know, uh, a movie like, uh, as far as like, it's, it's not going to be on the AFI's list of the 100 greatest movies ever, uh, but no means, but, but thinking about this movie and especially some of the scenes and stuff, if this was a movie I just walked in... It's at somebody's house. It's playing, you know, in a hotel TV or something like that. I'm sitting down and watching it. You know, it's going to have a scene that I'm like, oh, I like this scene or anticipating another scene coming up. And uh, it's it's very much like uh, comfort food in that, that yeah. sense. That this, it, yeah. it makes me smile. Yeah. And I think that's what it's supposed to do is yeah. makes you laugh and makes you like engage from the, from the yeah. beginning. And you can kind of step in it whenever. Um, I I don't know if you know this about me. But uh, it was kind of a big thing for me growing up, like high school, college age, that, and I guess I still do it mentally, I just don't have anybody else in my dressing room, but you know, you go clothes shopping and your mom's there or your friends from college are there and um, pants had to make me dance for me to buy them. (laughs) So they, like, I'd have to like put them on and I'd instantly have to start dancing in them to know if I liked them. Not because I needed to dance in these said pants, but they just, that meant that I liked the pants as if they made me dance. So, um, this movie makes me smile. So that's why I uh, think it, that's why I think it's so great. Are are the pants you're wearing now, are they danceable pants? Well, nowadays I would not wear anything that are not danceable pants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, well, uh, well, great. I think uh, it'll be interesting to compare this to the other movies and kind of where you know where it's going to fall. So hopefully, it'll, it'll be greater than that number forty-three. In, yeah, I hope in so. Your eyes. Yeah, so. I, I like things to move up. Maybe we'll give it to forty. Yeah. Okay. Re- recommend- re- re- recommendations. 
Well, um, it's a new year, uh, which means I, I, I was thinking of some goals for this podcast, and I thought it would be really fun to add a new segment uh, because, uh, especially since we'll be tackling these rom-coms, I, I thought it'd be good to kind of check in and talk about some of the current things that uh, I'm watching, that uh, the, the future guests are watching. So, uh, recommendations. So, um, Whitney, what's uh, what's a it may be a TV show, it may be another movie, it might be a book you're reading, it might be a song, maybe you know a stage play you've seen. Just in the world of entertainment, is there something that you think uh, people should check out? Yeah, so um, I have gotten really invested in uh, books on tape. I don't think I'm supposed to call it that, but books on tape right now from the library because Nathan lovingly set it up for me. Um, and so I have loved... Um, having the chance to to just check out books and read again because I can listen to them in my car. And so right now I've been listening. I, I do a lot of audiobooks. I love nonfiction or fiction. I love fiction books. Um, and so Catherine Center is an artist I found recently from Texas, and I really have liked her books. So yeah. I would recommend Catherine Center. Yeah, so much so. I think Whitney's been finding, like, uh, excuses not to, like, get away from us or the house, but like little errands to run uh, so she can finish a chapter or <laughs> finish the book. Yes, I have. A <laughs> <laughs> um, recommendation I have, we actually just finished it. Uh, the season ended earlier this year, maybe uh, at the end of 2022, but uh, it's on Hulu, so FX on Hulu. Uh, really recommend Flashman is in Trouble. Mm, I loved uh, it, too. Yeah, we, we watched it together, and I, I will say, just forewarning, uh, the sexual content is pretty high up there in moments, uh, but also it, it may hit really hard in places, especially if someone has gone through a divorce or just a really uh, rough breakup, but uh, I, it's... I re- it stars Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, Claire Danes is in it as well. And then, um, oh, shoot, now her name's escaping. Liz Kaplan, she's in it. And she's terrific. Uh, a lot of people recognize her from Mean Girls. Adam Brody's Adam in Brody's it. In it. Yeah, um, but it's very much, it'll remind you of a Woody Allen S type of film, but it's set in New York City. And it, it, it kind of, actually, it kind of switches. Jesse Eisenberg's the main character, but it switches amongst all the players, so to speak. Uh, but man, it just. It really tells uh, uh, this tale about midlife, yeah. regardless if you've gone through a divorce or not. And so, anyway, uh, we just really recommend it. It's eight episodes. They're, it feels like a novel as you're in it. So yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's a that's a show that I think uh, people should check out. I want to thank you, Whitney, for coming on and coming being, on twice. Coming on twice. <laughs> that's real love. That is real love. <laughs> just like I went out with you the second time. Yeah. Maybe maybe the second time's a charm for us, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, next week we're going to hit number 19 on the list, which is the 1987 romantic adventure, The Princess Bride. I, I grew up on this movie, uh, but honestly, never thought about it as a romantic comedy. Uh, is it, have you ever, did you, Princess Bride, a romantic comedy? Did, did you ever think um, about that? Yeah, but I was a girl, and what year was that made? 1987? 87, yeah. 87? I was a girl, and you were a boy. I think that makes a big difference. I think you watched it as a um, I like, action I like packed. the sword fights. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, it's not the same as 
how to lose a guy in 10 days and I'm sure they ranked it higher, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to revisiting that classic eighties film. Uh, remember if you want to see the full list of movies uh, that we're going to cover, you can head on over to movies You also find other great things like past episodes. And uh, recently I've been posting a lot of reviews of recent hits like glass onion, uh, a great, uh, international film on Netflix, all quiet on the Western front, uh, Matilda, the musical. Who uh, loved it. Yeah. So good. <laughs> that could have been a re- in our recommendations for sure. But, mm-hmm. um, th- thanks for being the first guest to kick off this series. Um, uh, and I'm sure you're glad that you were by yourself this time. I didn't yeah, love you. First in, so. is the best, right? <laughs> right. So he must really love me. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we've got to take off and we got to go, uh, water our love ferns and make sure, uh, they don't die. <laughs> so anyway, uh, th- thanks for listening.